Hello, this is Richard C. Wilson of the Family Office Club. We're doing an investor mandate interview today with Paul from uh, the Welcome, Paul. Thank you, Richard. Great to be here. Sure. And um, so what does your firm do? What type of investment firm are you? We are a multifamily office advisor. Um, we're based uh, between Boston and London. We manage about, about $7 billion for about 40 families globally. So we help these families really oversee their broader uh, wealth situation um, and really their aggregate balance sheet. So we're, you know, we've got kind of our hands in everything. Sure. And I know one thing that makes you a bit unique is that almost all your clients are doing direct investments almost all the time. A lot of wealth management firms or multifamily offices are either not excellent direct investments or they might just you know, tie someone into a CRE broker um, or a couple outside advisors where you guys are really kind of overseeing a lot of these or sometimes helping structure a project to make it more tax efficient. Can you talk a little bit as to you know, for how long you've been doing those types of deals and why you're so different than the other multifamily offices that just stick to publicly traded fund managers, things of that nature? Sure. Um, we've been investing direct both in real estate as well as direct private equity, private credit for about 10 years. Um, it's a capability we built up over time. We tend to work with uh, more sophisticated clients and family offices. Um, you know, we, our typical client is are actually money managers themselves. So they tend to have a desire for um, other types of non-traditional exposure um, and kind of a desire to get closer to the asset. Um, so it's a, it's a capability that we developed. We, we built up over time. We've built a, a team uh, around those, uh, those opportunities. And uh, as you suggested, you know, we have the ability to not only source, you know, originate, negotiate, structure, and then help, you know, with the ongoing management and monitoring of those investments as well, both again on the real estate side, as well as private equity. Sure. And I'm sure some listeners might be interested in hearing um, for a shop like yours that's sophisticated and you know, can move quickly when needed. What percentage of your client base of the ultra wealthy um, are really trying to be you know, maneuvering into either a distressed real estate fund right now or, or how, how many of them are trying to make a play right now in a big way to invest and take advantage of what's happening so that they get great returns as it moves up. Is that something that just is managed by your portfolio managers and they shift things around to make things more efficient on what they think is best? Or are your clients hands-on negotiating transactions right now and taking big steps to, to put you know, bets on the table? Uh, I would say that the overwhelming majority of our clients have an interest in taking advantage of the current dislocation in some way, shape, or form. Some of that we're, you know, we're evaluating the TALF trade, we're evaluating distressed um, private equity funds, uh, distressed real estate funds, but certainly we are looking at a lot of interesting direct distressed opportunities for lending uh, as well as, um, as well as, you know, taking direct pieces of, of assets, equity sure. And assets. Sure, sure. Yeah, I know. Um, one of my clients just filled his warehouse with raw materials that he got at 50% off because the, his suppliers wanted the sales and he was able to put down the money for two years worth of supplies for his core business, uh, which is, which is one, one thing that he just made a big investment in. So that, that makes sense. We're seeing a lot of um, investors asking for such strategies, but they're, you know, obviously just like anytime when you're making an investment, trying to figure out who you can trust, who's got a track record when there's such a big bull market for so long um, a lot of people were used to playing playing in that type of scenario and weren't built for doing distressed deals, right? So I think that there's a, more of a need right now for advisors to kind of navigate all of that, it seems. Yeah, absolutely. And, it, and you know, especially, I mean, this is an area of, of the market that you definitely need 
to seek professional advice because there's a lot of things that can go wrong and you, you know, you need to put in some, your, your kind of time and structuring up front. Right. Right. What about, um, you know, one challenge is I'm sure you guys get questions, you know, where's the bottom, you know, what's the plan? How do you try to be smart and timing such things? I know you have a, a 35 or 40 person team there, you know, on, on Boston Commons. I've met maybe a dozen of them, you know, when visiting your offices in the past, but how does your team respond to such questions from clients? How do you, how do you come up with kind of a staged plan that, you know, is good with your team and good with communicating to clients so they don't get upset if they think you didn't pull out fast enough or, you know, they probably want to hear what, what that cohesive plan is. That must be a big challenge when nobody knows where the bottom is. Uh, how are you guys handling that just like strategically? Sure. I mean, I think it really starts way before you have a crisis like this. Um, you know, I think the big difference today versus 2008, 2009 timeframe that I, I lived through was that today I think family offices are better positioned, more cash. Um, you know, I think the other thing is you've just got to pay strategic attention to your overall asset allocation, you know, and having kind of pockets of liquidity reserved for these types of opportunities. Um, and so, you know, when something like this comes, it's, it's really about managing at the margin. We're not making the decision to be all in or all out of equities or, you know, whether it's selling at the bottom or trying to buy at the bottom, you know, it's very hard as we all know to pick tops and bottoms. And it's just, right. you know, as I, I have one, you know, famous investor that I'm close friends with that always says, you know, you just want to be on the right side of the smile. Uh, and you know, right. realizing that with opportunities like this, certainly some opportunities go away pretty quickly in this environment, but overall it's going to take time to work out of the current malaise and, you know, finding the right partner, whether it's an advisory firm like ours or investing direct with um, distressed managers, you know, that know, you know, where to pick their, their credits or their alphas or whatever, um, you know, you're going to be much better served than looking at opportunities in isolation. Right, right. Yeah. And I remember when you were on our virtual uh, discussion panel, maybe two weeks ago, you mentioned sticking to your plan. I think it's kind of related to the answer you just gave there. So um, what would be the number one piece of advice that we could leave investors with here today? Someone, something that, um, would save them $100,000 in wasted fees, wasted time, frustration, or help them you know, make more money over the medium to longer term? What would be kind of the number one you know, most powerful piece of advice that you could give them? The number one piece of advice I, I would say is, um, you know, things always take more money and more time. And, uh, and it all comes down to position sizing. You know, thinking really about not betting the farm on, you know, is this the bottom or is this the right manager? But, you know, size your positions accordingly. Right. Okay. Great. Great. Well, I appreciate uh, your time here uh, during this interview and on the panel recently, and I hope to see you again uh, in one of our online events. Thanks so much, Richard. Take care, Paul. Bye. Bye-bye.